Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to Making Room, the podcast, where we explore our before birth experiences and how that landscape shapes our experiences of motherhood and all it entails with me, Illy Morrison. And me, Holly DeCruz. In this episode, we're going to discuss instinct, what it is, what it's there for and how to tune into it and why we need to give it a little bit more credit. But first, how's your week been, Holly? Anything you'd like to get off your chest? Um, I've, I feel like I've had quite a tricky week, actually. I, it's been quite challenging. It's been quite stressful. Well, tell me more. I don't know. Just, you know, having everyone in one house. It's been a bit much. <laughs> I found right. it quite draining of my energy and patience and resources. You know, like sometimes everything's smooth sailing and then other times it just feels like you need to escape. Yeah. And you know what the thing is? I think that that is such a common feeling like <laughs> in the world right now. Um, you know, and it's so funny because you can have these pockets of like good times yeah. where you're like, oh, actually, I think it's okay. I think we're going to be all right. And then the following week, you're like, I am going to <laughs> kill you all one by one. You know, like it is, it is exactly. just so all over the place, the yeah. kind of range of emotions that we feel having been locked down for coming up to one whole year. Like we yeah. aren't supposed to live It's like crazy, this. isn't it? And also when people ask like, oh, how's lockdown been for you? It's like, I want to say it's been everything. It's been everything you can possibly feel. It yeah. hasn't, but kind of we're led to say, oh, it's been okay or oh, it's been really hard. Yeah. But it's been all of those things and it changes through those things really regularly. And I find that really tiring. Yeah. What's also funny is that it's like you, like with everything, you have to give these answers that like, God, I found it utterly shit. Yeah. But I'm really grateful for my family and all the time that we're spending <laughs> together. And I love them all so much. And, you know, we wouldn't have had this time otherwise. Like, yeah, yeah. okay, that's fine. Like, yeah. you know, this need to ensure that people know that we are grateful for our health yeah. and grateful for our houses. Or that people have it worse. Yeah, it's always that thing. Yeah. Like, I know that it could be a lot worse. Yeah. I know you know, honey. I know you know. <laughs> but it's like, still hard. It's still utterly bollocks. Yeah. Like that, it just, it's, it's, and like the thing is for me this weekend, the sun came out and I was just full of all of those good endorphins. Like I was Mm. like, oh my gosh, everything feels okay. Mm. And I I haven't felt like that probably since last springtime when the sun started coming out again. Like I love spring. I've just moved house and the house is like a very beautiful garden and I could hear the kids playing outside and there was just laughter. And I was like, oh man, this feels great. Like I remember why last year's lockdown didn't bother me so much because like Hassan would go out in the morning She'd be, she'd get up, she'd put her swimming costume on and she'd go out in a paddling pool and have a mini milk for breakfast. Like <laughs> it was joyous. Like we were living our best lives yeah. and then winter's come and it has just felt like the days are short, everything's dark. You feel tired, miserable. Also, this thing is getting bloody long. Yeah. Um, the lighter evenings have helped for sure. Definitely. Yeah. But I totally feel, I feel you when you say that everything just feels a bit much sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, a bit heavy. Bit heavy. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's nice to be here talking to you. This is nice, kind of like the highlight of my weekend, even though it's a Monday. <laughs> I know, but can I, I can't think of a better way to start a Monday. Yeah, I know. It's good. like and last Monday, Isan kicked off proper meltdown this morning she tried it again but she's just realized <laughs> that it's a t- I, I, like I've clocked onto the fact that it's now like an act like as soon as her child might have walked in the door she she just like 
dashed to the kitchen. I was like, I see this. I see yeah, this. Yeah, I know right what's now. coming. Yep. And the screaming and the no mummy, 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 like this. And in the end, I was like, do you want a chocolate biscuit and to watch Charlie and Lola? I was getting the chocolate biscuit out of the, out of the tin and I looked at the clock and I thought, Christ, it's 10 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and then gave it to her anyway. Yeah. So, you know, we move, we move. It is great to be here and great to be speaking about instinct, which is something that I am actually going to ask you, Holly, how would you describe instinct? This is one of my favourite topics. I think everyone avoids talking about it because they don't know what it is or how to describe it or how to make it tangible. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because it's not particularly tangible. And we don't tend to be in touch with things that aren't tangible. Um, but I kind of feel like that makes it even more important to talk about. So I always think of instinct as your internal GPS, like that kind of sat nav that shows you which way to go or reroutes you. Um, it's a feeling, it's a gut feeling, it's a feeling in your stomach that tells you to move, even if there isn't something rational to back that up. Um, and that's why I love it, especially in relation to pregnancy and birth and motherhood, those kind of sacred life experiences that we have packaged, yeah. sadly. Um, and in that process of packaging, we do move away from those sacred, unseen, invisible feelings. Instinct is your invisible feelings, the ones yeah. that you can't rationalise. Um, and I think they are so much more powerful than anything we can rationalise, but it's like a muscle. We have to exercise using it. It's funny because uh, I've been thinking a lot throughout this whole lockdown about the gut yeah. and what we store in the gut and how all of our emotions are there. And when people are like, trust your gut, it's become such like a throwaway thing. Like, oh, trust your, trust your gut, especially when it comes to motherhood, because we kind of like, everyone says, trust your instinct. But all the noise outside is telling us to do like the opposite. Um, and I'm like, you know, when we say trust your gut, it's true. Trust your gut, but exercise your gut and look after your gut. Like all of that kind of feeling of just like, okay. I'm, I want to believe in this so that I can trust it. Yeah. So you, like you said, you have to just start practicing. Like yeah. just give it a go and keep doing it. And you'll and take find, risks with it, right? Yeah, like it's okay. It's mm. okay. Like, you know, when you, when, you, when you do things like you trust your instincts, what is actually going to happen unless it's like a life or death situation where even mm. then you should probably trust your instincts. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not speaking here about like dangerous things, actual dangerous things. And it's like, so what would happen if you just gave it a go? Yeah. I mean, it maybe it's wrong. Maybe it was wrong and yeah. that's okay because... But we're afraid of getting things wrong. Yeah. And I think instinct is so tightly paired up with this idea of autonomy and taking responsibility for ourselves. Like if we just follow instructions and rational thoughts, we can blame the person who has given us the rational thought. Hmm. But if we listen to our instinct and it goes wrong, then it's our fault. And that's very difficult for us to um, give space to or surrender to. So I think we kind of have to exercise both of those things alongside each other and their skills that nurture each other. Um, you know, if you think about the kind of last days of pregnancy, a lot of the women I work with, and I definitely felt this myself, in those last days before you meet your baby, I just did not want to leave my house. Hmm. And there was no rational reason why I couldn't leave my house. I wasn't in labor, but I was like, I just want to stay at home. I just want to stay warm and safe and, you know, and that's instinct. That's such a good example, that kind of nesting. You know, we don't know why we've decided to wash everything we own, but it's an instinct to prepare, to nurture, to nest. Um, and that's something that lots of people can probably relate to. But it's these signs are there all the time. It's just that we ignore them most of the time. Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, it's, it comes back to that kind of like the the idea that all of our behaviours have to be rational. Like, yeah, and and that comes that comes with that need to explain what we're doing to mm. others or even to like ourselves. It's like it has to be a rational, well thought out thing. And sometimes 
things aren't rational, but they, yeah. they work, you know, they, they, you, you kind of were like, oh, I'm just going to go with it. Doesn't yeah. make sense when I think about it for too long because your instinct doesn't require you to reflect. It doesn't require you to sit there and plan and arrange and make sure that everything is going to be perfect. Yeah. I think actually this, um, doing this podcast is a good example because we were considering it doing it quite a while ago, weren't we? Mm. And then we took kind of taken some steps to do it and we both pulled back a bit and we were like, oh, I'm not going to push doing it because something didn't feel quite right. Like the timing didn't feel quite right. Yeah. But we didn't even say that to each other, but we both felt it. And then an, an opportunity came by where it brought it back into the kind of running. And we were like, yes, now the timing is great. Yeah. And I think I'm so glad that I listened to my instinct and for you as well, because it feels so good now. It feels so right. Yeah. And I think it is that when... I spoke to you and I was like, I mean, it just feels okay. Like, you know, like it was just a thing, like a feeling, you know, it was a feeling. Yeah. And, and even like, I've had that feeling numerous times and I've like, kind of just like gone, oh, nah, um, I'm not going to like lean into it. Yeah. Um, and I haven't regretted it. So it's not to say that if you don't follow your instinct, the immediate thing is that you're going to regret it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, well, I could have done that. Oh, shit. Like, my gut was telling me to do that. And I didn't. Like, yeah. you know, you can kind of have this thing afterwards where you're like, okay, then. Well, I'll just learn from it. And it's okay. Yeah. But like... So it's never too late, is it? It is never too late. It's absolutely never too late to just be like, right. In fact, you get the feeling, you kind of store it. And you go, okay, that was there. That and that came to me. And then I decided to do something different. There you go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, actually, I'm going to go back to that. I'm going to yeah. go back to what that feeling was. It's okay. Yeah. Um, and I think especially for women, I don't know if you yeah. find this, but men are very linear. Mm-hmm. They kind of decide what their plan is. They're action driven. And we walk towards that plan. We we carry that plan out. Women are not naturally like that. It's not instinctive for us to be linear. Yeah. We are cyclical beings. We do go round. We do ebb and flow. Our energy peaks and it, you know, it subsides. And having the kind of courage and faith to lean into that, I think is really important and actually makes women more um, productive, efficient, comfortable, confident, all of these things that we strive to be. I think it's so much easier when we lean into our natural cycle of doing yeah. and resting rather than insisting that everything has to go in a straight line. And I think it's so funny because when when I had a son, I when I was in labor mm-hmm. and I'd gone to the hospital and they'd given me pethidin. My gut was telling me the whole time, you know, like it was going I remember her giving me the pethidin and I, I took it. I was like, yeah, whatever. Um and I had pethidin because a couple of my friends who'd had their babies before me Mm. And like, you know, midwife chatter, it was like, you know, pethidin will just make you like I've given women pethidin and they've just gone and they've gone into labor really quickly or like they've progressed. Mm. And I was like, Do you know what? I'm just going to give it a go. Why not? Fine. Had the pethidin. And I remember lying there and just being like, my gut was telling me, you're not staying here. You're not staying on the midwife led unit. You know that, but just rest for a minute. Anyway, within about half an hour, this midwife wakes me up and she's, she's gently just like, like tapping my leg. And she goes, um, yeah, her heart rate keeps going down after each contraction. And I'd already, before she even started talking, I'd already just started getting myself out of the bed. Um, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. I was like, let's just do this, whatever. And, um, I'm walking out of the room. We're going to delivery suite because I need to be on the monitors. And <laughs> my sister-in-law's with me and she says to me, Eileen, I said to her, I'm going to have a section, by the way. And she went, no, you're not. Don't give up. You've got this. All of the, you know, the usual. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm not giving up. I'm just, yeah. I'm just letting you know. I'm just like, listening. Yeah. I, my instinct is telling me that this is what is going to happen. And that's so that's at this moment in time, I'm just trying to accept it. So mm-hmm. I'm speaking it out to you so that I can make it a reality and just like accept that it's okay so that I don't fight it when it comes. Yeah. And that and you're a part of it. Exactly. And and I'm not, you know, I'm not in this moment upset. I don't need you to console me. I'm okay. Yeah. And 
when her heart rate started going down and, you know, all the rushing around happened and they were like, oh, category one section. I was like, I was prepared for a section. I was not prepared for this. It's not happening. Mm. But going back to instinct, it's like I knew. And I think speaking about this now, I knew, I think from when I went into labor that I wouldn't give birth at home. Really? I'm sure I did. I'm, I, 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 I think about my behavior and I think about how I actually felt, how it, it felt safe. It felt comfortable. It felt where I wanted to be. The mm. rational side of me was like, you are going to stay here because this is where you want to be. And the instinctive part of me was like, this isn't where you're going to be. Like, mm. this isn't, this isn't it. And it just, that's, a, that's for me as an example of what happens when the, the two things are conflicting, where yeah. it's like, oh man, I want to do this because I know that it's the right thing to do. or I know that's what I need to do. But then the instinct is telling you that, no, it's not. And it can feel really conflicting with so many decisions that we make where our gut is going against what our minds think we should be doing. Yeah. Leaning into them will make things better. Leaning into them, this is my opinion, will make the healing better, will make the acceptance better and will make the sort of sense of regret or remorse somewhat easier I think yeah it's like an acknowledgement that there's more at play than the rationality yeah yeah you know um yeah that it's that it's a bigger realm than that Hmm. it's not a straightforward tick box exercise it's not these are the steps you need to take and then you'll get this outcome there is so much involved and it's like that with parenting, like, yeah, and, totally. you know, it is, it's continuously like that. And we are so hard on ourselves because, oh, I knew I should have done this and I didn't. And, and, and you just constantly like berating yourself and, and measuring your worth or ability as a mother based on the fact that you didn't listen to this instinct when everything in our lives is teaching us not to. Everything in our lives is teaching us that we can control everything around us that yeah. what we want is what's going to happen. And all you have to do is want it enough. And you're able to manage and manipulate every situation and every outcome. Yeah. And so I we think, get so upset. Yeah. And I think that is why we have such a block when it comes to birth, because this idea of something not being in our control is so peculiar for us. You know, if we want to learn how to do anything you know if you want to learn how to bleed your radiators just go on youtube and you suddenly can do it whereas birth remains full of so many unknowns and changeables and things that no matter what we do we are not in control of that it's very difficult to um see that there are some things we can control and some things we can't it's like we have to we can only go one way or the other yeah either i have to control or surrender but in birth, you can do both. In parenting, you can do both. You know, in pregnancy, you can do both. But we have to get used to those two things existing alongside each other. It's like going back to what you initially said about being sad and grateful. We have to get used to different feelings that we could consider conflicting existing alongside each other. Mm. That you can be grateful for your baby being alive and also traumatised. Yeah. From a birth that didn't go your way. Hmm. You know, I find it, I, I do find it so saddening when women have the courage to speak about trauma and they're told, yeah, but at least you've got a healthy baby. It's I like, mean, oh. and, and especially because I, you know, in my work, the, I hear this so often mm. and I hear when, when women say to me, oh, I know I shouldn't complain because the baby's fine. It's like, but why? Why not? Why not? Because that's not, that's not the benchmark. Mm. You know, the benchmark is not just a healthy baby. Yeah. The benchmark is not just surviving birth. Yeah. And that's you not know? all that matters. Exactly. We should want so much more than just coming out of it alive mm. or just coming out of it with a healthy baby. Mm. But that involves instinct. Yeah. And it does involve taking your handful of responsibility for exercising that internal wisdom, that internal voice, that gut feeling. Um, you know, something I always talk about when I teach pregnant people is this uh, like the BRAIN acronym. So if you need to make an informed decision, 
what are the benefits? What are the risks? What are the alternatives? What does your instinct say? And what happens if you do nothing? And so often when we get to I for instinct, they're like, but well, how will I know what that's saying? Listen. It's like, well, you just got to practice listening. <laughs> um, and, you know, that could be turning down the outside noise of what everyone else is saying just to really sit with your own thoughts. It could be writing out your ideas. It could be, you know, all manner of things. There's all manner of ways in which we can exercise it, which we're going to talk about later. But um, it does take practice. Yeah. And I, I also think we aren't very um, tuned into like our mind and because we just, everything, like you said, everything's just around us. So we don't necessarily have to sit and think so much. We aren't like kind of thinking about our subconscious mind and our conscious mind and how they work and how they affect what we do and how yeah. we behave. And I think we can, we definitely, some people are obviously, but I think, again, that sort of wider societal thing is like, no, we can show you everything or you can buy everything, you know, all of this stuff. And it's like, well, just think because that will help you to see your instinct. Mm. Like if, if you just go, okay, right, my mind is doing this and, and you know, what I'm, what I'm absorbing and all of these things affect how I feel. Mm. And you can then start to really see who you are, what you think, why your thoughts are a certain way, why you yeah. do certain things. Um, you know, and, and when I teach hypnobirthing, I'm sure when, when you do as well, it's, it's it's about kind of talking to people. What are you surrounding yourself by? Who are you surrounding yourself with? What are you watching? What are you consuming? Yeah. Because all of that will have an effect on how you act later or the decisions that you make when it comes to birth and, you know, your pre throughout your pregnancy and the postpartum experience as well. It's, 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 you know, our minds are huge. Like yeah. it's, it's a, it's a huge thing that we, stop some sort of listening to do you think this is certainly something i believe and i wonder if it resonates with you but the institutionalization has a big part to play in the loss of our instinct 100 or the you know our instinct lying dormant because from such a young age we are institutionalized we're sent to school we're sent you know i'm talking about most people um and we're immediately given one way of doing things, one route to success, one, um, you know, recipe for achievement or validation or approval. And actually, that is never going to lead us to follow our instincts. Yeah, exactly. And so, and that carries on, doesn't it? You know, we have this, we have such an attachment to authority. Mm that we don't listen to our instinct because we haven't been encouraged to. We haven't been told that that is the way. And certainly in the realm of birth and beyond, it is the way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I didn't go to school. I was homeschooled from like seven till six to 16. Mm. And um, it was very much, you know, it was my parents and a bunch of other parents all decided to set up their own school. Um, and we all, it, it was, you know, it was, it was structured. There was, you know, it was like a school, yeah. but there was upper, upper school and lower school. So it was like a, a range of ages in both. And there were about 25, probably at the peak, probably about 25 students. And, when I then went to college, I just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that I was supposed to do this. Like, and I, I, and people say things like, yeah, well, you know, that's what happens when you're homeschooled because then they're not ready for like real life school. <laughs> yeah. Like how are they? Like they, they think that we're going to just be like hugging trees and it's <laughs> like, oh, um, you're not ready for normal school because normal school is what is, is that institution is what we should be doing. And what you were doing was something abnormal. It was freedom. Exactly. So I got to college and I don't know how I got through. Um, all my siblings <laughs> are much brighter than I am. And they ended up with this sort of reputation. Um, and each time another sibling came in, so there are eight of us, but each time another sibling came in to the college at around 16, 17, they're like, oh, you're a Morrison. <laughs> and when they met me, I was like, mm-hmm, just get ready. Like, I'm not that Morrison. 
And <laughs> it took me two years to finish my GCSEs, whereas my siblings all did it in one. Wow. Um, because I just didn't care. Yeah. And by some miracle, I got to university. Um, not by some miracle. You're doing yourself No, it's, it's not. It's, it's a miracle for them. It's not a miracle for me. Right. <laughs> like, I think they didn't expect me to, right. to ever succeed in anything. Yeah. I remember my maths teacher, my science teacher being like, don't go into anything medical because <laughs> you're terrible. And he said it to my dad at oh, a I science I listening evening. to the podcast. I know, right? I saw him the other <laughs> day and I was just like, mm. <laughs> like, just like give him a shout out. <laughs> I know. You just be like, Simon Prick. Um, <laughs> so then... Um, so yeah, that happened. And then I got to university and they were probably like the crappiest years of my life. And I remember failing assignments over and over and over again, or getting like 41 and 40 was the pass mark. And for me, 41 was a reason to go out for dinner because it meant that I didn't need to look at them again. Whereas like my classmates were like crying over like 63%. Okay. Wow. Um, and it's so funny. I'd sat down with a lecturer once and she was trying to explain to me why I was failing and she was like, the marking criteria is right here. All you have to do is what is in the box. And I was like, wow, I don't, I don't really know how to do that. Like, wow. I don't know how to follow your box. Yeah. I don't like, fit in your box. I don't fit in your box. <laughs> and it's like, I just, I, I've got no idea what you're even wanting me to do. I'm reading this stuff that is on your, in your boxes and mm. I'm going, but that's that doesn't make any sense you know mm. that doesn't that that to me isn't right and yeah. so then I kept doing that for three years and I just kept just doing what I wanted and got through um you know by the by the sort of skin of my teeth and what's funny is I see the exact same thing in birth Mm. here's the protocol, here's the procedure, here's the guideline. This is what you should be doing. Here's your mm. box, high risk, yeah. low risk. And this is how um, to get your marks. That's how you'll succeed. And that's what it looks like. Yeah, That baby totally. coming out of your vagina, in your arms, skin to yeah. skin, golden hour, crawl to the breast, all the other nonsense. And that's the box. And that is it. Yeah. And it's like, and that's a first exactly that's a first but can I just tell you I got a tutu and I'm all right so if you get a tutu you'd be fine as well um you know it's that's so that is such a good way of putting it it's a really long-winded way of putting no, it no but it's really listening. and do you know what's interesting because when we first met um and I obviously realized you're a midwife I was like oh wow she's really like um open and thoughtful and and I'm not saying midwives aren't like that but you were you didn't hesitate to speak from a woman-centered perspective in a really uninhibited, um, brave, what, bra I don't know if brave is the right word, but you, I often feel like people who work in the medical profession are scared to say the wrong thing mm. or scared to say things that aren't necessarily completely in line with guidelines. Yeah. And just having someone that could talk around them rather than just regurgitate information. I always find that so magnetic and interesting and just engaging. Like I wish all women could be looked after by mid midwives like you, who got them as individuals and gave them that kind of care rather than ones that had got maybe brilliant exam results, but are then delivering box ticking care. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I know we've sort of gone off on a tangent, but what's really interesting is when I qualified as a midwife, mm. I was very much like, women-centered care like let's just do this I, mm. this is what I'm about you can do what you want and it took about six months maybe even a bit less to just be like <sighs> like I, I don't care I don't care let's wow. just get this baby out it, it, you, really? when you're in the institution you are yeah. in the institution and you can't see it until you step out of it so yeah. all of these midwives that it could be happening to don't often don't even realize because it's just, yeah. you become on this sort of like conveyor belt and you just go. You're just, you know, all the bureaucracy and all of the litigation Paperwork and all of and, yeah. the crap that is surrounding it. It means that we aren't able to... Use your instinct. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, it's funny because when I stopped working, it was such an instinctive thing to do. Mm. I was like, no, no, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. It's not working. Mm. and I was on shift one day and just went, how do I hand in my notice? What, it wasn't considered? It was like considered, but as like a far away distant right. thing. And something just said to me like, Your you're done. You're wow. done. You can't be doing this anymore. Um, and it's not to say that they, that midwifery is like the bad thing. It's to say that my gut told me I didn't belong there. Mm. And, and and in actual fact, you know, I think people say, you know, you'd be so good. If, it'd be so good if you were practicing clinically. But I'm like, but I'm not who I am now there. So yeah. like the you don't need me there. of the institution. Yeah, yeah. Meant and that the, your you instinct know, was getting lost. Exactly. The impact of working those shift after shift and being knackered and... Yeah burning out and actually the care the care between the relationship between um a birthing person and their midwife in lots of ways is quite parental isn't it it's mm. quite nurturing and we know in parenthood and in mothering so much um of the transaction is modeled behavior so much of what we learn as children is modeled by our parents and so if we have got people if we're being looked after by people that aren't using their instinct you know, what hope have we got of tapping into ours? Mm. We need to work in partnership with each other, driven by instinct and allow space for talking about what our instinct is telling us without having to explain it. But you know what's really important? And I think for people who are pregnant or going, making any decisions really is mm. that when other people are speaking to us or even like when people speak to us rather mm. and they tell us that it's a gut feeling mm. let that be sufficient yes yeah like there's a real problem with it being like but what else yeah and what back what it else up. yeah exactly like tell me the symptoms though yeah so it's like i just got a feeling that yeah. is more than enough to act and say okay when yeah. when i have women say oh I don't know, like something's not right. I'm like, go with it, go yeah. with it. Call the midwife, call the hospital, do what you need and to do. And you're never going to regret that, are you? You're oh, never what, going what? to regret. Because you, you sat in the hospital yeah. for half an hour and everything turned out to be fine. Yeah. It's okay. You're never going to regret listening to your instinct. And, and I do think you know that what's funny? Key. I once looked after a woman who had, she'd had a feeling, she was late in her pregnancy and she'd had a feeling that something wasn't right. Mm. She's like, you know, something's not right I'm not sure what's going on here and she said but you know what my sister's getting married I've got to go to the wedding I will go and get checked out in the morning got very busy throughout the day did what she was doing 
came to the hospital the following morning. She was like, something's still not right. Mm. Came to the hospital the following morning. And unfortunately for her, it was too late. And what will happen is she will carry that, mm. that thing of not listening to her gut because yeah, she didn't really feel sad. like she could back it up. Yeah. So when you think, when someone says to you, yeah, but what else? Say, I don't need anything else. Yeah. I don't need to give you any other reason. And, and it doesn't I can't need explain to be it. And exactly. It, it just is what it is. And right now it's come and I'm leaning into it yeah. because if the opposite were to happen or if something else were to happen, it comes back to that thing that you were talking about in the beginning, that blame thing where you sit with it and you're like, it was my fault. Yeah. So what? You had to go to the hospital and sit on a CTG for two hours and everything turned out to be fine. And it's so annoying because now you're behind on your work. Oh, mm it's okay. <laughs> That's all right. What did you really lose? That instinct is there as a warning sign. You know, the hair standing up on the back of your neck, that churning gut feeling is there to tell you something, hear it, hold space for it and act accordingly. Yeah. Don't worry about what anyone thinks. Don't worry about explaining it. It's okay. Have you read the book, The Heart in the Womb? I'm reading it now. Oh, it's so good. I ordered my copy two it days ago. It's so good. So um, it's written by an obstetrician and she's also an acupuncturist and a homeopath, incredibly interesting woman. And she talks about her pregnancy. Um, and obviously she was um, risk, she had her own risk categories because mm -hmm. of her age. And, but she was also working around risky births all the time mm -hmm. because that was her role in the hospital and I don't know if you've got to this bit early yet but she was saying that every time she went into hospital um her baby would just like almost kind of misbehave and just like give her loads of erratic movements she would feel really sick um, and then she'd get home again and feel fine and she was really kind of exercising tapping into this instinct and on after she'd had her baby her reflection was she was like, that was my body trying to keep me out of hospital because it was trying to protect me from this over-medicalized, very risk-focused birthing world mm. because it wanted me to focus on the sacred nature of my experience. And actually, she was reflecting that it was such a valuable part of her baby's um, connection with her, you know, that it was like he was telling me to stay at home. She, mm. So she didn't work as an obstetrician for her whole pregnancy and she ended up having a wonderful home birth. Um, and I just thought that was a really powerful example of that and brilliant that it was from the perspective of an obstetrician, an obstetrician. and a mother. Because it's funny, when I was pregnant, I actually dreaded, I was I was on the delivery suite for my, throughout my pregnancy and I remember just being like, Oh, I just cannot be dealing with going into work. You know, that inability to switch off, to try and remain low risk when you are in a high risk setting at all times, mm. to try and envision a birth at home, surrounded by your comforts. You know, it's funny because people say, oh, once you get past the 12 week mark, your risk is drastically reduced and blah, 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 blah. But for me, that never happened. Mm. I never got past the feeling of like, oh crap. Because I'd go into work and I'd, I'd just had my 12 week scan. Everything was perfect. I saw someone come in at 14 weeks with a, with a miscarriage. It's like, okay, fine. Uh, got to the yeah. 20 week scan. Everything's going to be fine. I feel good. Um, 20 week scan will be absolutely fine. And then I'd look on the board and there'd be someone at 22 weeks having um, a medical termination because something was found on the scan. Mm. You know, it's like, okay, but my 20 week scan was fine. So I'm okay get later 28 yeah. weeks uh preterm labor 35 weeks it, it just doesn't stop yeah you know you kind of don't get to be like oh. what all of that is feeding into is that subconscious mind like exactly. and, and the difference here of what we process consciously and what we are processing unconsciously um and so it is so important that when we're pregnant uh, or before we're pregnant, that we are mindful of the things that are seeping into our subconscious. You know, that we're mindful of what we are absorbing, the energy we're absorbing, the stories we're absorbing, the images we're absorbing, because they are all creating narratives. 
Exactly. And I think it's funny because people would be like, when you're at work, you're just at work. And I'm like, no, no, yeah. no. I, I, <laughs> I'm I, a full person. <laughs> I am a whole ass person who yeah. can't separate one part of myself from another. Yeah. Like I am carrying yeah. this child. I didn't take take her and leave her at the door. I'll pick you up on my way out, love. Yeah. All right? I'll be pregnant <laughs> again then. Like I am- At the end of my shift. Yeah, I am fully yeah. me pregnant yeah. with everything that is happening and I am also working with you who is pregnant and birthing and doing all of the things that you're doing I don't separate the two mm. you know I can I can I can I can sort of say right from a professional point of view I am not going to be about me I'm not going to cry or I'm not going to do all of those things and you mm. know I will remain professional I can definitely do that sometimes um <laughs> but what I can't do, and that's that subconscious mind again, is just forget it and act like yeah. it didn't happen. Mm. So when I'm then going home and I'm thinking, is there something going on here? Is baby all right? Uh, I don't know. Where's, where is all of that coming from? Where yeah, are those it's working out, coming isn't from? it? Yeah, like what, what are we, you know, and on reflection, throughout my pregnancy, I remember just being very cavalier about everything. Yeah. Really like, I am going to keep myself low risk as possible to the point of being like, I don't care. Like literally just doing whatever I wanted. Mm. When people would ask me, I'd be like, yeah, it's fine. Like nothing is no big deal. Nothing was ever a big deal. Mm. No complaints, no talking about it. When they tried to medicalize me, I was like, nah, 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 nah. Everything to me, I was like, I'm not going to that scan. I don't want it. Like mm. just, you know, doing the complete opposite and of everything that, that I'd seen. To try and counteract. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's so it was like, I'm just not going to feed into that. That's not going to be my experience. And it worked out fine. But I imagine like if not, it would could have been to my detriment, that kind of thing. Of and I can imagine like, that people are listening to this thinking, well, that's really irresponsible. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, it, but the only person whose responsibility that is, is yours. Exactly. And I keep saying, I'm like, it wasn't risky behavior. Like I'm not an idiot. Like I was just being autonomous in my behavior and in my decision-making and my instinct. I knew everything was fine. I knew everything was absolutely okay with that. Even when they said, oh, you've got low pape, the placenta might not work in the third trimester. I was like, oh, we'll be fine. Like Mm. to me, everything felt absolutely fine. Mm. And I was willing to lean into that more than what everyone else wanted me to do. Yeah. And I think when we start to look at people who make choices that stray from guidelines based on their own feelings as being irresponsible, risky, careless and all of those things, it's like, no, no, it's very dangerous territory. It becomes like. um, Well, we other them. We other them, but we also just suddenly have no respect for autonomy. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm, your decision is okay if it matches my decision or what the guidelines say or what the protocol says or what the doctor says, because this hierarchical nature of this institutionalized medical system that we're in. And it's like, no, 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 no. Each person has their own instincts that they can lean into or not. Yeah. And you, no one's forcing you to do either. Exactly. That actually it is a choice, um, you know, and that is the the wonderful thing about the elements of control that you do have here, because you can control how much research you choose to do. Mm-hmm. You might think you can't, you might, you know, you might be one of these people that says, well, they didn't provide me with any research. So like, well, go and find it yourself. You can, you can get research. You know, something I always say is every person you meet is just someone that le- that has learned stuff. Every person you meet is just someone that's learned stuff. You are capable of learning stuff and you shouldn't be put off by someone's title or someone's salary or, you know, some, whatever it is, someone's name badge, mm. because you are just as capable of finding information, but it just might not be easy. Yeah. And we get very, because we're institutionalised, we are sold this idea that that stuff is easy because we're just given what we need to pass the exam. We're given the process to go through. And so in that process, what we're not given is a passion. We're, we're, we're not 
we don't have that passion for learning ignited within us because, well, it's easier if you just do as you're told. It's so much easier if you just do as you're told. And so we never really get the chance to learn that or exercise that. Um, and that, of course, that affects how our conscious and subconscious mind um, kind of develop. Hmm. You know, if you look at Carl Jung's theory of the iceberg, you know, that's all about this idea that we have different layers to ourself. Um, and actually, that if you think of your mind like an iceberg, the bit above the surface is the conscious mind, but it's the smallest bit. It's the least significant bit. That wouldn't exist if there wasn't the subconscious mind below the surface, the bulk, you know, the support, the strength, that is your subconscious mind. And he had this idea that there was the, you know, we have our persona and we have our the self. And the persona is who we think we need to be for people. Mm. You know, like when we show up at work, we behave differently to how we behave at home. Even in this capacity, we the way we're talking, this isn't how we would talk at home. We are here delivering information and having a conversation that we know other people are listening to. And however honest we, we're saying it is, and it is honest, it's still different from the self. Yeah. And that that's okay. That isn't a bad thing. But when we acknowledge that that exists, it means, you know, we can see everything a bit more clearly. I think um, a really important part of instinct that I want to sort of hone in on mm. is that we have this idea, right, that instinct is something that these like certain types of people can lean into the mm. holistic types those who 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 are really in tune with their bodies and or who meditate and, and, who me exactly mm. the zen types you know they're the ones that can can do it and yeah we can be very hard on ourselves like oh well I didn't have that instinct or I didn't I didn't you know kind of lean into it or whatever and that instinct is only is like something that's like applied when we want to go against guidelines or things like that like it's like a bit of a rebellious thing like yeah oh, and my gut yeah I just followed my gut okay <laughs> like it's like okay yeah that's one side of it but the other side of it and I think this happens to so many women and it's speaking to women about trauma and things like that it's it's really important to note that instinct can also tell you when you need help Mm. when your body needs assistance to do something, when a cesarean section might be necessary, when a forceps or a ventouse might be what's needed, when the medication is actually needed mm. and you might not want to do it. It might not be part of your rational thing. It might just be like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm having low risk. I'm, you know, I'm having no intervention. I'm having whatever, but that instinct is telling you, I need a bit of help. I need this to happen. Mm. And so it's not just instinct isn't just about getting that vaginal birth that you wanted um, because you knew that that was right. Instinct could also be my instinct and my gut told me that I needed an intervention, that I needed a cesarean yeah. section. And that's or even great. that you just need more information. Like my instinct exactly. tells me I don't know enough about this. Exactly. And I but need to find out more. It's for everything. It's yeah, for it's every just, situation. It's not clear cut, is it? Exactly. It's not just for this like, you know, natural vaginal birth or... Yeah unmedicated pregnancy or you know whatever it's for everything and so yeah. if your if your gut is telling you seek further assistance in any situation or mm. take this medication or do whatever just lean into it for a minute and see what happens mm. but it is not it's never a bad thing yeah and it and also following on from that it doesn't always have to be quick yeah it might be that if your instinct is kind of sending you kind of subtle messages it doesn't necessarily mean you have to drop everything and um, say, no, hang on, my instincts telling me otherwise. It could just be that you think, oh, I need to sit with this for longer. I need to find, you know, I need to get more information or I need to give this some more consideration. I don't know how I feel yet. Mm. Sometimes that's what your instinct tells you. I don't know yet. But if you... um remember from last week we were speaking about that need to everything is very um quick reactive and quick yeah. and it that's that's i'm just gonna add on to what you've said is you may not see the result of that instinctive decision immediately yeah but it doesn't mean it's not there it, it doesn't, doesn't mean, mean it didn't working. happen exactly mm. um 
so every everything that we're doing sort of leads on to another. If I hadn't done this, this wouldn't have happened and this wouldn't happen, this wouldn't happen. So you may not see the result of doing that there and then, but you mm. may see it at the end. If I hadn't chosen to do this at 24 weeks pregnant, what situation would I be in now at 38 weeks pregnant? Things like yeah. that. So don't don't it's not it's not like a, a magic um trick. You know, a rabbit's yeah. not gonna pop out of the hat right now. It's <laughs> just wait. It's yeah, okay. Give it Make that decision. Stays. Be happy with it. Say, okay, that's cool. I'm going to see what happens. And you might even forget. A lot of the time you forget that you lead into it. You forget that you made a decision. It's not necessarily going to be this mind-blowing, huge choice. It could be something very yeah. simple. And you may not even realise that you've done that. Yeah, and your instinct can be completely mundane at times. You know, sometimes yeah. I'll be driving somewhere and I think, oh, you know what, I'm not going to go that way. And it, you know, and then I'll come back that way and there's loads of traffic. And I'll be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go, Go instinct. on instinct. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, you know, these feelings apply to so much of our lives and certainly in parenting too. Um, you know, there's been examples where there's been times where with my eldest, Oscar, um, we might have had a play date arranged or something, you know, non-COVID times, obviously. <laughs> and he'll say to me, mommy, I don't feel like going. And I know that, before I kind of really honed in on my instinct, I'd have said, well, no, come on, we've made plans. This is what we're doing. It's important. We can't let people down. But now I'm just like, okay, if you don't want to go, if, if, you're some, you know, if, you, if you're not feeling it, that's okay. And giving our children permission to lean into their in- instinct, to exercise their autonomy. I think that is such an important part of parenting um, to model non-compliance yeah dare I say (laughs) you know to to say it's okay to be led by how you feel your body is always communicating with you your mind is always communicating with you and I am going to encourage you to listen um and then sometimes they'll say yeah but what are you going to say to so-and-so's mom I'll say well I'll just say you you don't feel like it (laughs) he's like Oh, okay. Oh, it's like, that nothing simple? terrible is going to happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're just going to be honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And actually, what what a joy that is. And you know, no one gets hurt. No one people understand. And also, if anything, I think it gives the people you're interacting with permission to do the same. Mm-hmm. To just say, you know, I love the the kind of quote. Um, no is a full sentence. Yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> do you want to do that? No. No. I mean, that's what kids do. That's what, I mean, that's definitely what toddlers toddlers. bloody do. Um, (laughs) We know toddlers are gangsters. They're totally gangsters. (laughs) Like, just like, can you do this? No. But why are you saying no? Because I'm saying no. It's like, oh shit, yeah, I should really practice that. Like, that's that's kind of cool. Maybe Asana and Cosmo should do this podcast. (laughs) I mean, it would just be great. It'd be like, no, 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 no. Um, Let's come with like an, like, I think a good way to kind of like wrap this up is, an, some, an action plan of sorts, mm. um, like ways in which you would say to be able to lean into that intuition or to practice. To kind of exercise it. Yeah, exactly. What would you say? So my um, ideas around this are mostly around stillness. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to remove purpose from what you're doing sometimes. I think it's really important that sometimes you go for a walk without needing to do something on the way, like that you're not walking the dogs or you're not walking to the post office, that actually you're just walking yeah, or that you're just sitting down with your eyes closed, that actually an offering of stillness and space is like really good food for our intuition and mm-hmm. our instinct. Yeah. Um, also kind of outlets for creativity. So it could be doing something you know, creative that you like, so whether that be writing, doodling, drawing, journaling, whatever it is, um, something that puts you in touch with those, with with that inner self, because yeah. that is where your intuition lies. It's within you. It's not an external source. And so if we want to give this space to grow, we need to kind of water it. We need to give it light. We need to let in the things it needs which is space and time and um energy and creativity so they would be my kind of uh pointers for exercising that intuition what about you 
Um, I would say we are like on super high alert at the moment. Like everything is so charged. All of our emotions seem to be sitting within extremes of like joy or utter sadness and despair. Like we're, you know, we're very emotionally charged. And Mm. I think really trying to remove all the things that are sort of like negatively affecting you. Um, What if you can't remove them? Well, it's okay. You sit with them and you learn to sort of go, okay, how can I deal with this in mm. this, in a sort of like a healthy manner? Yeah. So like, you know, there's some things in our them. lives, exactly. Some things in mm. our lives we can't change. Mm. It is the situation that you're in. And it's like, okay, well, how can I adapt this situation so that it's not going to affect me as negatively? I still don't like it. I'm not particularly enjoying it, but I'm going to make it manageable until I can change it, remove it or remove myself from it. Um, So I think, you know, let's say in a situation, like a lot of people being in their houses all day is something that is really a lot for them, but you don't have to be there all the time. So matching up with what Holly was saying, go for a walk, whatever, but really try and just be like, okay, this is going to be my, I'm going to try and get into like a good um, headspace Mm. where I'm going to sort of just work on that. It's not immediate, Mm. you know. But almost giving yourself a breather from conscious thoughts. Yeah, exactly. I think that is a really simple way to do it. And that could be five minutes or Mm. it could be an hour. It doesn't need, I think you're more likely to do these things when it feels manageable, when it doesn't feel like too much of an overwhelming ask that you couldn't possibly make room for. So actually, can I spend five minutes a day where I'm not worrying about my output? Yeah. Or being productive? where I'm actually just feeling how I feel. Mm. Yeah. And that's fine. That, you know, that's, I think we should allow ourselves to do that anyway, but also Mm. the way, the way these kind of emotions can just mask our intuition and instinct because everything is so heightened is it's sort of can become like counterproductive. Mm. And so even if it is just for five minutes, just going, okay, I'm just going to try and calm down and I'm just going to try and, you know, feel okay you know mm. just, just give it a go <laughs> yeah parking the feelings yeah, of exactly that are, that are consuming us exactly um because we are in stress states at the moment aren't mm-hmm. we exactly we a that. lot of our stressor hormones we have a lot of i think it's almost becoming a very low kind of underlying anxiety actually mm. that lots of us are getting very used to living with exactly you know i think if we were dumped in this deep end a year ago we were like, I can't handle this level mm-hmm. of anxiety, but we've almost become, it's, the it's norm. almost become part of us. It's become a norm. So actually acknowledging that and realizing that we're dealing with something extraordinary, maybe we can let us show a bit more compassion for ourselves. Exactly. It's, it's that, it's that show compassion to yourself mm. and then, you know, listen to what your instincts are telling you yeah. and go with that you know, take it back into your space and be like, okay, I had this feeling I've given, I've, I've sort of paid attention to it. I've quietened down the noise and I'm just mm-hmm. going to lean into it for a minute. We can pop those ideas in the show notes yes. for today. And actually we'd love to hear how you exercise your instinct. So if you've got ideas about how you really learnt to listen to your gut or how you are doing it or things you're going to try to help yourself to lean into that inner voice. We'd love to know. Um, and you can get in touch on Instagram with me, Holly. Um, I'm at the Yes Mum Mum. And with me, Illy, at Mixing Up Motherhood. And please like, subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. So next week, we'll be discussing trust. Who do we trust? Why do we trust them? Where does that trust come from? And what can we do to build it in ourselves and others? Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.